0: Okay, <clears throat> we are learning Daaf Lamed Aleph, and we're talking about using wood on Yontif, The Shaila is: is the wood designated as the wood Muktzah or not? So the Mishnah says, you mm-hmm. you're allowed to bring wood from a field." if the wood was gathered into a pile before Yontif, because as soon as you gather into a pile before Yontif, you're showing that you plan on using it. So if it's randomly scattered out in the field, it's Muktzah. It doesn't. Uh, it's not shown that it's going to be used. But as long as it was, it, was, it was gathered together, it was piled together, then it's shown that the owner is going to use it and it's not muqsa. I mean, if it's from a or if it's from a place that's enclosed, not an open area, it's an enclosure, then it's muqsa even if it's scattered. Whereas as long as it's more of a secure place, then we say it's considered prepared for use even if it's not in a uh, pile, even if it's scattered is what's considered an enclosure, close or clear, whatever is close to the city. Meaning as long as it's close to the city, it's considered a secure place. No, it has to be entered with a key. It has to really be secure. Even if it's within the Trum. So in other words, Rabbi Yossi saying it doesn't have to be near the town as long as it's within the Trum boundary. It's not Mokza. And the Gemara is going to elaborate what exactly this key thing is to make it more secure. And what point is Rabbi arguing on Rabbi Yudu? So the Gemara will get to that. Okay, so first we, so, so just to summarize what the Mishnah was saying before we see that it's going to get a little more complicated in the Gemara, the Mishnah was saying that you, you're allowed to bring in uh, the wood from a field only if it was in a pile, but if it was from an enclosure, then it's allowed to be brought in even if it's gathered around. So, Am Rav Yudah Meshmo, Eitzim, Rav Yudah says in the name of Shmuel, you cannot bring wood, elemental Anuchunasim, Shebekah, it has to be gathered in an enclosure. So he's saying in order for it to be mutter, you need both points, it has to be gathered and in an enclosure. So the Gemara says, what do you mean? The Mishnah said not like that. The Mishnah said that as if you're bringing it from an enclosure, it could be even scattered. The Mishnah was saying either only one of two things have to be met. Either it's gathered together before Yontif or it was in an enclosure. Rav is saying you need both points together. So which one is it? So the Gemara answers, Rav, Rav Yudar Shmuel was going on like another Tana. Our mission is only going like one tana. The Tanya says in the Brisa, so, Amr Ab Shimon Ben Elazar. Shimon Elazar says he's only one tana. don't disagree about wood that's scattered in the field. You can't you bring wood that's scattered in the field. Wood which is gathered in enclosure, shem you definitely could bring it. where do be sell this degree? Al scattered wood that's in an enclosure. Mochunas are gathered wood in the field. I have one of the two things going for it. Either it's in an enclosure or it's gathered in the field. Shami says don't yavi, we yavi. You're allowed to bring it. So this price is our mishnah, right? The price of. Would be like Rabbi Lazar, the Braiser so was quoting Rabbi Shimon ben Lazar who was saying that mm-hmm. or Both of those cases, Beis saying Yafi. So our Mishnah, which says that you could bring either from scattered in the Karfei or gathered in the field is going exactly like that Tana. But if you look at that Tana, it's only Reb Shimon Ben-Alazar. So we're assuming that in the Brasal, he was speaking to other people who disagreed with him. And he's saying, I hold that that's the case where basil agrees, that Bezalel allows you to bring, even if you only have one of the things going for you, it's in an enclosure or it's gathered out in the field. So our Mishnah would only be like his account, of the his version of the account, only like his idea of Reb Shimon Ben-Alazar. But other Tanam disagree, other Tanam hold that basil only allows it to be brought in if you have both gathered together and that it's in an enclosure. But if you don't have either one of those points, if it's even gathered in a field or if it's gathered in an enclosure, you cannot bring it in. So we end up with machlokas Tanam about that point. Says the Gemara Amar Rafa, Leaves of reeds or vines. Even if they're gathered and are lying together before yantif, so they have been gathered together. Since if a wind would blow, they would scatter. They have a status of something which is scattered, and therefore they're because Because even if the wind hadn't scattered them, since it's basically everyone is nervous and concerned that they're going to be scattered by the wind, so then we basically automatically assume that the owner did not really have DOS to use them. Because even if they happen to be gathered together, you can't rely that they're going to stay gathered together. They might, they might blow away. So since they might blow away, um, we OSER it. The Anachmona may ask but let's say you put a kli over the leaves yesterday. In other words, you put something over it before Yontif to make sure that they wouldn't blow away. Then, Shaper Dami, then it's totally okay. Then the leaves are not mukzah. The point is, is that, um, is that if you've done something to block the wind, then it can be okay. So wood usually doesn't blow blow away. The leaves are really the leaves of vines, which could blow away. So then if the wind would blow away, we're going to assume that they're mukzah even if they're gathered, unless somebody put a kli on it, which would stop it from blowing away. The Mishnah said more, kafir, what's the Karfif? So then we have two different views what a Karfif Either any enclosure near the town. Rabbi said if you go into it with a key, even if it's within the Tchum Shabbat. So what does the Mishnah mean? Two different possibilities. Do we mean kosher samachli, or whatever is close to the city of like only if you have, need a key. Meaning Rabbi Yudah saying you need two things. It has to be close, meaning within 70 and 2 thirds Amma, like very close. And second of all, it has to be guarded with a lock. And, and he doesn't mention the lock in the Mishnah because that's a normal thing for an enclosure. So you need two things. It has to have a lock and be very close to the city. But also, Rabbi Yossi, the mayor of is coming to say, no, so as long as it needs a key, meaning it's a secure place that's locked, then even if it's within the Trom Shabbos, even if it's not so close, but as long as it's within the Trom Shabbos, it would be okay. So that's one way of understanding. One way of understanding is as long as it's in the, it, that, that everybody holds you need a key, the question is, if it has a key, how close does it have to be? That first time, review does saying has to be very close, within seventy amos. And you saying since it has a key, it could even be it could be even within two thousand amos. That's one possibility. Or Dilma maybe the way you learn the mission is like this: Halachikomer, Kolshesamachli, whatever is near the city. review does saying, keep it. That means whether it needs a key or it doesn't need a key. As long as it's close to the city, if it's an enclosure, even if it doesn't necessarily have a lock, but it's close to the city, that's fine. And then Rabbi Yossi is coming to say, Only if it has a key. If it doesn't need a key, it doesn't help if it's even near the town. It's not going to help. So according to this explanation, Rebuda and Rebiosi are just on completely different wavelengths. Rebuda only cares that the enclosure is near the town. He doesn't care about if it's locked. And Rebiosi is saying it has to be a locked enclosure and it doesn't matter if it's near the town. So the first possibility before the Gemara was saying is that everybody agree it needed a lock. The question is, if it has a lock, is it good if it's within the Chum or only okay if it's if it's with uh, close. The second version of the Gemara, the Gemara is saying that maybe they're just working with two different definitions completely. Rebuda working with definition of what's near or, clo- or, or far. And Rabyosi is working with definition of whether or not it needs a key. So the Gemara says, Tashmah, Bitiktani, the mission said, Rabbi Vasakas, whatever you go in with a key, I feel if it's all Kum even be within the Tum within the Thom So from the language, no Minorsi tire to lookar. He's coming to say two leniencies. He's saying to say if it's locked, it could even be far away. And if it's near the town, then it then then, then it's okay even if it's not locked. Either one of them could work. Rebiyosi is coming to say two different leniencies. And the Gemara accepts this point, Shema Mina. So basically, the Gemara, it seems like an interesting thing. The Gemara is coming to say, neither one. Um, it's an interesting point. We're kind of making a, a hybrid of the two points. If you go back and look at what the first possibility was and the second possibility, in the first possibility, we were saying in Rabbi Yehuda that it needed to have a key and be close. And Rebiyosi was saying, no, it needs a key, but it could be far. The Gemara is saying... And then the second possibility, the Gemara was saying Rebiosi only cares um, about it uh, having a key, but it doesn't help to be near. The Gemara is coming along really with a third possibility, that either one is okay. If it has a key, it's okay, even if it's far. And if it doesn't have a key, it's okay, even if it's close. So Rebiosi is coming to say both leniencies, and we see that from the language. As long as it goes with a key, or even if it's within, in that case, even if it's within the trom. So we see you only need the key to vary if it's far away, but if it's closed, it could be okay even if there's no key. So after all is said and done, we're saying that Rabbi Yossi is okay with it if it has a key, even if it's far. And if it doesn't have a key, Rabbi would still be okay with it if it is near the city. That's the right way to learn, um, to learn the Pshad and Rabbi Yossi. Rabbi Yossi is saying two of, those, uh, two of those kulos. What about Rabbi Yehuda? So Rashi explains that the Gemara coming out, the review that didn't mention a key, then we assume he doesn't care about the key. He doesn't require it. So basically, he's all, all review that cares about is how close or far it is, and Rabi is coming to add two Kulas. That if it, I agree with you, if it's close, it doesn't need a key. And the second point is that if it has a key, it would be okay even if it's far. That's the Maskana of the Gemara. Review there's only about distance. And according to Review, either one would be okay. If it needs a key, it'd be fine if it's far away. And if it doesn't, need a, uh, if it doesn't have a key, it'd be okay still if it was near. How do we paskin We paskin like Rabiosi, like the most lenient version of Rabiosi, which means that again, if it has a key, it's okay even if it's far. And if it doesn't have a key, it could still be okay if it's very close to the city. Says the Mishnah, Ain Mavak and Person who's allowed not allowed to break wood, <coughs> chop wood, probably better word, from a beam. Pashup shot the mission, is, means you can't chop wood at all. Why wouldn't you be able to chop wood on Yantif? Pashup shot would be, maybe it's something that's like a little bit domitotokhin. You have something, you're breaking it up into little parts. <coughs> and maybe, maybe furthermore, the idea itself is a tremendous exertion, chopping wood on Yantif. So maybe the simple shot, you're not allowed to chop up wood. Again, you could use your wood as fuel. It's not muksa, but to go chop wood is something which shouldn't be done. However, then the mission makes it more complicated. Because then it says, V'lo manakorosh nishpah you're not allowed to break it from a beam which broke on Yontif. So that makes it sound like a different issue. That makes it sound like the issue is muxa. The fact that the beam was in a different state before Yontif, like it was designated for um, whatever construction or whatever you would use a beam for. After it breaks, you're saying, hey, maybe I'll use it on Yontif. So that would be like more like a muxa issue. So we'll have to see, it's a contradiction. Am I allowed, let's say I had a beam which broke before Yontif. Would I be allowed to use it? Would I be allowed to chop wood? The first line of the Mishnah sounds like no. The second line of admission sounds like yes, so that I think more I will address. Even when I am chopping wood, evidently there is sometimes that I'm allowed to, but when I'm doing it, I'm never allowed to use an ax. So what's the shot? If that's like a, you know, like a specific tool that's done with, like, by professionals, and they, they, that's something which is not supposed to be used. So you should never use an ax, or a little or a goggle, a saw, or a sickle um, and it looks like somebody, you know, somebody, as soon as you see that, somebody picks up uh, one of those kalim on and, and Yontif. It'll be like, okay, he's doing something wrong. I love a kofitz. The only thing you could use is a kofits. The kofits we had before, that's like the thing that the butcher uses when he cuts the meat, meat cleaver. So that's allowed to be done. And that's not usually done or held by somebody who's uh, doing malacha as we're going to see in the Gemara, these type of Kalim have a thicker side and a thinner side, both of these. They have like two different blades, like kind of like an axe. An axe is the two sides, right? The thicker and a thinner one. So we'll see in the Gemara, if, does it doesn't mean you can't use the axe ever and you could always use the cleaver, or are there specific parts of the axe and the cleaver that that are other off limits or permitted. So we'll see. We'll see in the Gemara. Okay, so first the Gemara just deals with what's the opening issue here. Are you a lot of chop wood? or you're not allowed to chop wood. So the more I asked right away, the beginning of the Mishnah sounded like you can never chop wood. Meaning, in the end of the Mishnah, is telling me when I chop wood, I'm not supposed to be using the saw, the sickle, I'm only supposed to be using the cleaver. That's the end of the Mishnah. The first line of the Mishnah sounded like you should never chop wood. And presumably, again, the vart would be, Rash explains, why should you never chop wood? must be some sort of tremendous malacha and exertion. Right? And the idea of saying maybe it looks like it's tochen. The idea of exertion is that it's not an easy thing to chop wood, you know, it's very hard. So if you put the two together, maybe it sounds like in the beginning of the Mishnah, you're never allowed to chop wood. So the Gemara is asking, but we see in the end of the Mishnah, and the Mishnah is discussing, when I chop wood, I should only use this, I shouldn't use that. So what's going on? Am I allowed to chop wood, or am I not allowed to chop wood? So the Gemara explains, What's going on is the Mishnah is missing words. It's as if it's missing This is the way the Mishnah Sharit Yantif. You can't use either a big, a big stack here of beams, beams which were all made to be used for construction, or from a beam which broke on Yantif. Those types of wood you can't use. Why? The stack of beams is Muxomachos Ches Chesron, Kis. It's like a nice beam that's sitting there and it's fit for everybody to use in construction. So if you decide in the middle of Yontif, you know what? Let me actually use that for firewood, and I just need to chop it up. That's totally muksa. Everybody would agree to that. Or if I have a beam that was, let's say, part of a house, and it fell down on Yontif and it broke, that would be another case of Muktzah. Why? Because when Yontif started, it was in a situation. It's part of the Ol. It's strong. It's part of the Ol. So now, even though it falls down, it's muxa to use on Yontif. That's what the Mishnah meant, meant when it said you can't use wood. So we're realizing we made a big mistake. The opening line, we thought it meant, you can't chop wood. Maybe it's too much terra it looks like token. We're saying, no, no, no. You're, of course, you're allowed to chop wood. The Mishnah means you have to watch out for muksa. You can't chop wood from a stack of beams that would be and or yantif. You can chop wood from a beam which broke before yantif, because then it's not mukhsa. When you go ahead to chop the wood from a beam that broke before yantif, even when you're allowed to, in card of for elbow Still, you're not allowed to chop with the ax, the sickle, or the saw. You have to only use the regular type of cleave, the cleave. So what are we coming out? We're coming out that it's totally muttered to chop wood on your div, unless you have a muxa issue. So you have to make sure it's not muxa. Stack of beams that was for construction, if it broke on that would be muksa. You're not allowed to do that. But a regular beam that broke before yontif is just some wood that's lying around. It's totally mutter to chop up on yontif. But then the Mishnah adds, don't take out your tools. Don't take out your axe, your sickle, or your saw. That looks like somebody going to do malacha. Rather, you should use the meat cleaver. Says the Tanya Yalchi. We see like this at a brisa as well. What does it mean we see like this? We see from the brisa that the issue is only muksa. Why eight of course, you're not allowed to break the wood from a stack of beams, or a beam that broke of itself. Why? The because they're not prepared. So we see from the saw that the issue in front of us is muksa. Had it been more, the if would have said, stop this in to call war, because maybe it looks like too much exertion or something. So we say, no, it's no, it's only a muksa issue. Talk to Viter. Now we're gonna get a little nitty-gritty and what an axe is and what a meat cleaver is. So the Gemara says that you're not allowed to use an axe. That's what we're talking about, using the feminine part of it. So the idea is that the axe has two sides. The axe has a thin part and a wider edge. So the, the nakeva is the wider edge, and the thinner, pointy part is the, is the zahar. So if it's nakeva, it's the wider edge, that's when it's oser. That axe blade is oser because that's like the... It's much, it's much stronger, right? It's more like the you would say, you know, if someone's in construction, what side of his axe is he using more with the wood? You would say usually he would be using the wider side more. So if to use, when the mission said don't use the axe, it means don't use the wider side. But if you want to use the narrow pointy part, that's fine. That's totally fine. So the Gemara says, Pshita, of course that's true. Why? Because COVID's not, the mission says you could use a butcher's cleaver. Now the is assuming that the butcher's cleaver only has a narrow blade and you're allowed to use the butcher's cleaver. So what's the point? The point is because it's, it's not something that, that the construction guy would use. So what's the difference between using the pointy edge of an axe, or using the butcher's cleaver? If you're allowed to use the, the butcher's cleaver, you could use the, the, the pointy edge of the axe. What's the common denominator? They're both not wide and thick enough for the regular construction guy to use in his work. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. Without Rabchanina, Mazetim, you might have thought of me, you're allowed to use the butcher's cleaver because it only has a narrow edge. I have a of a kofitz, but regard to the axe. Uh, to if I if I have a case that has both an axe, an axe type of blade and a kofitz type of blade, meaning an axe that has both a narrow side and a wide side, I would say that since you can't use one edge, maybe you can't use the other edge also. In other words, maybe somebody just sees you picking up the the the, the axe, you know, you know, I can uh, Start discerning, is using the wide edge, he's using the narrow edge, they're gonna see hey he's using an axe. So from therefore to tell us that it's not the case and the narrow side of the axe is mudr. So basically it sounds like an axe is two edge, a wide a wide end, two edges, a wide end and a narrow end. And we're saying the Mishnah says don't use the axe. is saying chiddush. It's the only isser to use the wide edge. To use the narrow edge is mother. It's not usr sound to pick it up, not through the narrow edge. Now it's a chiddish, because you could have heard, no, chazal asked to use the kli. So even if you're going to use the narrow edge, which is not really different than the implement of the kofitz, which is mutter, still may have said, maybe you can't the pick up the, uh, pick up the, the ax. So Rabbi Hanina teaches the a chedish. no, that the narrow edge of the ax is mutter. Now the Gemara gets a little tricky, because until now, the messias that we've been dealing with is the ax has two edges, a narrow edge and a wide edge. And the kofitz, the cleaver, is just a, a narrow one. So now, the <laughs> look, there were, in different places, the kalim were different. Some people teach Rab khanin on the end of the Mishnah. The end of the Mishnah said, El be kofitz, you're only allowed to use the cleaver. The leniency to use the cleaver blade is only the narrow edge. Evidently, the, in this place where the ikadamri was said, the meek cleaver had two ends, a thinner side and a thicker side. Usually, the the, the guy would use the I mean, I guess it would depend what type of meat he was cutting, what he, which side he would use. So the Mishnah's make is only to use the narrow edge. If you want to use the wide edge, usr, it's usr. So Rashi explains that these people lived in a place, again, where the butcher's cleaver had different types of blades on it as well. So the Gemara says, wait a second, I'm to a for cards in time. So it's obvious that it's true that you can't use the wide edge of a cleaver because the Mishnah says you can't use an axe. Why well, can't you use an axe because it's wide? So so too, you shouldn't be allowed to use the cleaver's wide edge. It must be when the mission was made, it's only to use the narrow edge. Says the Gemara, no, the chomer is only an axe because an axe in this place where the Gemara is talking only has a wide edge. So if somebody picks up a, an axe, you know for sure they're going to do malacha. But in regard to the to a single a single type of cleave that has both a thick a thick type of one and thin type of blade. I would say since the narrow side is mutter, the wide side is also mutter. If somebody sees you picking up a meat cleaver, it doesn't look like malacha because it's something which is also used in its, its narrow blade. So maybe it's mutter even to use the thick blade. can tells us that it's not true, that that blade is awesome. So let's clarify something which is hard and say, we're talking like this. There's no machlokas between the two lashon. That's what's very hard. Everybody agrees. That you're allowed to use the narrow, the narrow parts of a blade of an axe. If there is a narrow blade on the axe, you could use it. And everybody agrees that if you have a wide edge of a meat cleaver, you can't use the wide edge of a meat cleaver as well. And it comes right. And so it really, comes out there's no difference fundamentally between the two, between the meat cleaver and the axe. It really just is a fancy way of saying you're allowed to use a narrow blade, but you cannot use a wide blade. At different locations. They had different places. They had different caleb in different places. Some places the axe only had a wide edge. So you could say, of course, you can't use an axe. Some places the axe also had a narrow edge. And then in Hanami, it's when the Mishnah says don't use an axe. It only means don't use the wide edge, but you could use the narrow edge. The same exact thing is true with the meat cleaver. And some places have a meat cleaver with only an arrow edge. And some places have me cleavers with narrow and wide edges. In which case, when the mission says you could use a me cleaver, it only means that you're allowed to use the narrow edge, but not the wide edge. So there's no dispute. Everybody agrees exactly the same outcome. You cannot use a wide end of a clea, and it makes no difference if there's another other end to it. So an axe is only utter if you're using the wide edge. A cleaver is only much of using the narrow edge. In some places, that's only the way it was. The ax didn't have another edge. In some places, the kofits didn't have another edge. In other places, either one of them may have had two edges. So it gets a little bit confusing in, in what the Gemara is doing in the first Lushon and the second Lushon. But Lamais on practicality, there's zero dispute here. Rashi explains. They should have different types of kalin going on in different, different places. If I was the Mishnah, not that I am Natana, I probably wouldn't have said that you're allowed to use a mid-cleaver and not use an ax. It's a very confusing statement because now I'm realizing there are a lot of cases where the, meek, where the meek lever cannot be used if you want to use the wide edge. And there are cases where you could use the, uh, the, the axe if you want to use an air edge. But that's what the Tana did. Okay. Here we go. Says the Mishnah. So what do we come out? Wood is not moksah, anyantif is a fuel. But if there are cases where it is muxo, like a beam broke on Yantif or it was set up for construction, then you're not allowed to chop the wood. You have to be careful. You have to be careful to work, watch out for those issues. But otherwise, if I have wood, as long as it's somewhat designated for fuel, then it's fine. There's no issue of chopping. Says the But issue missionary. If let's say a person has a room which is filled up with produce. So this is interesting. It's a sealed room. So what, what's a sealed room? So we'll see in the Gemara. Are we talking about a case where it would require like an axe to break it down, like there was cement and bricks and you'd have to destroy it like a sealed room? Or are we, what, are we dealing with a case where there's no cement, we'll see in the gemar. But either way, you're talking about a sealed room, and there's fruit inside, and you want to go get the fruits. What happened was, is that you couldn't get it when Yantif started, because it was sealed. But then when if it became breached, you're allowed to take fruit out, meaning the fruit is not muksa. Mayor says, You can even breach the wall to take out the fruit. So we're dealing with some sort of sealed house. You can't get the fruit. The fruit is inaccessible. Rameir says, no problem. Break down. Break it down on No problem. And the Chachamim are saying, you're not allowed to break it down. But if it got broken, you're allowed to take it. So the Gemara asked the obvious question. Why in the world would Rameir allow you? And we are going to come from Rameir to understand the rabbanim better. Why would Rameir let you break down the house? Amai, Akasasar, if you have a sealed house which doesn't have an opening, so then when you take your axe out or whatever cleave you want to take, your meat cleaver out, to go knock it down and open make a hole, you're destroying a tent. Why would you be allowed to do that? So the Gemara explains There's no cement, it's just a pile of bricks. So Rashi explains, interesting you cite in, in, in Saisir, that since they're only piled up but there's no cement, then it's much to destroy such a wall. That's the bar. Now, so our mayor says, if it's just a pile of bricks, you can just knock it down. Knock it down, it's not considered that it was really built in existing structure. So now, what do the Tanakama hold? Tanakama holds no. Midrash it's also to destroy a wall of bricks, even if there's no cement. That's what the Tanakama holds. But he's still saying, if the wall came down by itself, then we'll be lenient and it's not muksa. What's the pshah? Because since it was only Midrash since it was only the Banan that it's forbidden to begin with to knock it down, even like the Tanakhama it's only also the Banan. So if it became breached, we're still gonna say that the fruits are not moksa, which is a khidish. It's like muksa machmas isrh durabana. It's like an interesting idea. You're not allowed to break the wall, but if the wall breaks and there's a breach, then the fruits are not moksa. That's the Tanakham. But mayor is saying a bigger kidish. Remaier is saying it's Bakla not Moksa, you could go break the wall. It's just a stack of, of bricks, it's not cemented. So Eni is this true? If I have bricks that are left over from a construction site, so those are motor to be moved. Why? People sit on them. Meaning once you finish the construction, so what do you do with the leftover bricks? Usually people just use them for seats. Interesting thing. So therefore, the leftover bricks are not moks. But your inu, if you pile them up, obviously, why are you piling them up? Because you're designating them to be used in a future project. Right? You have a construction site, so you have leftover bricks. If you pile them up, that's what you're doing. You're designating them to be used for a future project. So then they're muksa. So what's the kasha? In our mission, even if there's no iser of seiser to knock down the wall, you should be not be allowed to bricks, are, the bricks should be muksa. In other words, there's, the bricks are definitely only to be used as a construction, right? If somebody comes to a place and there's a whole pile of bricks that aren't cemented, obviously, what's, what's the plan here? The plan is that somebody's going to come and, and cement them and make a wall. Make a real wall. Nobody makes walls without cement. So we, the Gemara's question is even if there's no issue of Saiser, there should be an issue of muksa to knock out the bricks because you're moving the bricks. So the Gemara explains, zeb, yontif, yeah, but our is being makol for Yantif, not for Shabbos. They're mukzah on Shabbos, but on Yantif, you're still allowed to knock them down to get the fruits. Why? Well, what's the answer? Why isn't it muks on Yantif? So it seems that Khazaw were and in the Yantif for the Tzarch Nefesh. To get the fruit. It doesn't say there's something else in there. It says that there was fruit here. So there are were making make on the laws of muksa to get the fruit. That's where it all. Very interesting. And that might be another angle on why the Tanakhama is machmir. Maybe the Tanakhama is machmir. Not else. Not else. Not else the, uh, the, the, the issue of being sizer with oil. Maybe they agree there's no issue of sizer. Maybe the chachamim are being machmir because they hold the bricks for muksa, so you can't knock them out. I don't know says the Gemara says you're allowed to break the wall and take it so the price says exactly that the Kula is only on Yantif, the Kula is not on Shabbos on Shabbos the bricks would be Moksa so even if there's no O-L issue there's an issue of moving the bricks on Yantif. okay comes along the once we mention Saisar we're going to talk about other Saisar things when we mentioned Saisar you can't knock down a wall but Rabbi mayor was saying you could knock down random pile of bricks. So Amar Shmuel Let's say you have a rope. Uh, it's like a, it's like sealed, and it, it's attached to something that's sealing in the ground. Like Let's say you have a door to a, a pit. You have a pit, and there's a door. So you don't want just somebody to come and open the pit whenever they want. So there's a rope that's attached to the cover, and it's tied onto it. So Matir, you're allowed to undo the knot. What's the Pshat? You're not allowed to undo knots on Yante for Shabbos. The Pshat is because This is the knot, it's like your shoelaces. It's made to be untied and retied all the time. It's regular usage. That's just the way you use it. The knot is tied onto the cover of the pit and then you come and use it, you untie it. So if it's a knot that's made to be regularly used and unused, that's much. to undo. You can't unravel the whole rope, like break the whole rope or cut it into two. Why? Rashi says it's destroying, it's Saisar. Why, what am I destroying? Destroying the rope, no. You're destroying something that's a structure of the ground. Because since the rope is connected to the ground, it's attached to the ground, so something that's attached to something on the ground is considered a form of sayser if you destroy it. Right? think about it. Every time you really build something on the ground, why is it sayser? Because anything that's mochoba to the karka, anything attached to the ground, has a status of something that's like part of the ground. So that's what saizer. Saizer is anything that's attached to the ground, you can't destroy it. So the rope, I can't destroy the rope because it's attached to the pit, to the pit cover. So you can't destroy the rope. If I want to untie the rope, that's much so you're not destroying the rope. But you can't destroy the rope in any way. Shabbat Kaelin, let's say I have a rope that's sealing a clee, not a pit, a cover of a pit, but a clea. Then, it's totally water. Not only can I untie it, even allowed to destroy the whole pit. I'm destroy the whole rope. It's true both on Shabbos and on Yontif. Why? Because there's no soser by Kalim. Since it's a kli, there's no issue of soser. It's not telling it's a structure attached to the ground. Therefore, there's no issue to break the rope completely. If it's connected to the pit cover, it's oser. Awesome. That's soser because it's attached to the ground. But if it's just connected to the kli, there's no issue tomorrow, it says in the price the rope that's attached to the ground on Shabbos you could untie the knot, but you can't unravel the knot, the rope, or cut it up, cut it open. But beyond if it says that on Yantif you could untie the knot, unravel the rope, or cut the rope. So what's going on? Shmuel said that if you cut open the rope or unravel it, it's a malach of Zayzer. According to Shmuel, why? Because since it was attached to the ground, it's considered part of the ground. And if I want to break the rope, that's seizer. Past Shmuel was saying. Shmuel said explicitly, Even on Yantif it's like that. Shmuel said, "Even on Yantif to break the rope which is attached to the pit cover, pastus is also even on is is also even on Here, the Brisa is saying, "And on Yantif, you're allowed to be my So, what's the chat? What's going on? So, the Gemara answers. Amani Rameir, that Barisa is going like Rameir, held that you're allowed to break the wall. He was very lenient in the laws of Seiser. He said, even if there's no cement, since there's no cement, you're allowed to break the wall. However, a plea an old law. the Rabbanon disagreed. Rabbanon held that if there's no, even if there's no cement, it's still also awesome. Madra Why? Because the pile of bricks, lamaisa is still attached to the ground, so Madra it's like Seiser. I'm going like the Rabbanon. So basically, the dispute in our mission of and the, the Rabbanon is how strict should we be about things attached to the ground. They're not mams built into the ground, but they're attached to the ground. So I have a pile of bricks without cement. Can I knock down the pile of bricks? Or I have a rope that's attached to the cover of a pit. Can I destroy the, 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 the rope? In both cases, Machlok is Ramayr and Rabbanon. Ramayr would be lenient and Rabbanon would be Machmir. So, so, so Shmuel could say, I'm going with the Rabbanon when I said, you can't destroy the rope that's attached to the pit cover. The brisa that was maked to destroy the robe on that brisa was going only like. Rabbi Meir says the Gemara. You think that the Rabbanon are disagreeing with Rameir Meir about the chosmos attached to the ground. But Tanya says in the brisa, the The agree by the chosmos You're only allowed to undo the knot. But not break the knot. But on Yantif, the Rabbanan agree you could destroy the rope. So boom, that price is definitely against Shmuel. Shmuel said that, that even on Yantif you're not allowed to destroy the rope. The rope is attached to the ground. It's, it's, it's the act of sosir. We wanted to say we know Rehmeyer would disagree, but Shmuel is going with the Rabbanan. This price says the Chachamim agreed to Rabbi Meir that on Yantif you're allowed to destroy the rope. It, only the, 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 the pile of bricks, the Rabbanan say, is forbidden to knock down. But the rope that's attached, you're allowed to. So we end up with a big stira. So we're, we're, let's stop here with the question today. We'll have to jump into this again tomorrow. Is Shmuel, Shmuel says that a person is allowed to undo the rope that's attached to the pit cover, but he's not allowed to break the rope. Why? Because since it was attached to the ground, it's soyser to destroy the rope. So the kasha is, we see evidence from Reisos and know that on yontiv we're lenient and we allow even to totally demolish, to totally destroy the rope. It's not considered an act of Sosa, and we, we see evidence against Shmuel from the prize.